I, I read I read plastic based and made from sugarcane. Or this cap is recyclable. It is plant based and made from sugarcane. And my dumb brain goes, Hold on a second, I thought this said zero sugar. I should Patrick. stop screaming because I'm right next to my boss. But yes. uh, you don't eat the cap, Patrick. <laughs> this cap is swallowable. <laughs> it's got some riboflavin in it. Okay. <laughs> Locust bean gum. I'm going to let you suck all of the comedy juice you can out of your lean protein juice. And then we're Dude, there's start so the many podcast. funny things on <laughs> uh-huh. a protein shake. Like- sure. For lighter appetites, consume in two servings. Oh, I'm done. What do you? I just wanted to mention how dumb I am that I thought okay. that the cap being made of sugarcane was a transgression. I just against... wanted to, I wanted to see if there was anything else. No, no, no. There's nothing else. Okay. I, I was upset that this said zero grams of sugar, but the cap is made of sugar. That's what I was upset about. That's fair. We've all been there. And now I sip. And now he sips. Um. <laughs> I don't know if I want to record this podcast today with you. (laughs) You're in a mood. (laughs) Welcome to the Crunch, where all it takes is 10 pages from a homesteading book to decide that you want to live on a farm. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick, and I'm also trying to convince my wife to live on a farm. <laughs> I, we literally just sent out a text to uh, five, five of our couple friends, friends who are couples, um, family people who live in Oklahoma. Sorry, you oh, can put that your was arms a cool down. invite. Put your arms down. Um, for a couple of weekends from now, we're going to try to get everybody together because there's this thing. I don't know if this exists everywhere in young uh-huh. married Catholic circles, but people are always like, let's live radical community together. Let's do it. It'd be so freaking cool if we all lived close to each other. And we like homeschooled together and we all prayed together and we like inspired the community. And then everybody just goes off and gets a job where the hell ever. And like, doesn't actually <laughs> do it. And so, yeah. and so Emma and I were like, this is crap. Let's actually try and see what happens. And so we said, yeah. everybody, you're all coming over. I'm going to print out a map. I'm going to highlight on the map. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna do a PowerPoint. I'm going to print out the slides. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to them. We're going to go through a presentation and say, here's all the reasons that we should all live close to each other. Here's, it, here's it, the, the places we've selected to live together. Tell me your timeline. Give me your budget. And I'll make it happen. To, to clarify, it helps that you're in real estate. It does. Um, to, to clarify... Um, or to, to illustrate your point, it took a total of two, count them, two drinks on Saturday for me to look at Father Anthony. I was at, we were at a party celebrating producer Nick's uh, new baby. Oh, nice. He has a new, a new enfant. The uh, baby's been born? The baby's coming. Baby's oh, on his way. Baby's not born. No, baby's not born. Okay. He was having a, he was having a Prager kegger where mm. uh, he invites everyone over to his house. I hate that phrase. It was amazing. And I hate what it represents, but I'm jealous that you got to be there. Everyone, everyone brought diapers, and we drank beers and ate Italian sausages, and it was amazing. And uh, it took a total of two drinks only for me to look at Father Anthony and go, "You need to move to Oklahoma and start a <laughs> monastery, with Father Harrison, and we can all go to your monastery for spiritual direction, and yes. me and Ethan will be the mayor of the laity." <laughs> <laughs> That's how like that's how cities used to be organized. Well, some cities used to be organized yeah. like that, where like there with was a, with a, a joint mayorship hosted. Uh, no, 
all mm-hmm. the all of the town all of that the town part, meetings that part was stupid. all the town hall meetings are like welcome to the crunch <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys all for coming Smash thank you all for like coming button. to our podcast uh, uh welcome i am the mayor of the i am the mayor of crunchville you yes. have to listen to the podcast <clears throat> you introduce be yourself be like hi what do, you, what do you do here i'm actually the co-host of this town i'm the co-host <laughs> of this town but like uh cities used to be organized there was like there was like a parish church in the town yeah and there was like a like the metropolitan area would have like yes a monastery sure and the people would go to like the monastery for confessions sure yeah, yeah, yeah. and for the family sacraments like baptism mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh and eucharist they would go to the parish church which is cool i love that and the and the church and like this is in the east so like the the church the parish clergy was married but that that wouldn't be the case in our town no no I don't think it's no, a. West, as Father a Anthony sell. said, the West was right. <laughs> Celibacy is good to me. I don't think it's a hard sell, um, but I, I did check out this book um, from the library. Oh yeah, I made the free it, library. I love the library, dude. That's the one problem with starting our own town is we won't have a library. We don't have a library. Um, I'm not donating my books unless Father Harrison does move. And ooh, good, I, good point. I know he's got too many books. Uh, the the book is the self sufficient life and how to live it by John Seymour. It's it is not a book da, da, da. as much as it is a an encyclopedia with okay. hundreds and hundreds of pages and illustrations and there's literally an entire page dedicated to just like the turnip. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> or just all these kinds of things, different ways to plant your garden, different ways to. All, it's crazy. Um, I read about twenty pages of it and I decided, yep, this is what I want to do. It's time. I don't know how to do it, but we're going to make it happen. Um, so. I'll give you my timeline. I'll yeah, lose Oklahoma no, City actually, do this. No, absolutely. I think oh, this is this, unironic. Gonna, this is zero drinks in Patrick. Zero this is ir- one protein shake in Patrick. Zero ir- irony. Zero drinks. No desire for mayorship or podcast co-hosting of a town. <laughs> um, I genuinely believe that if if these all these people get on board and everyone decides, yes, we're going to make a decision. Maybe not to like do a Tyler, Texas. We're all going to live on a commune kind of a thing. But like, let's all live in an area, and we're all gonna live. We're gonna all move to. We're all gonna move to Waco. We're gonna start a compound. We're gonna call it Mount Carmel. We're gonna have a shootout with the ATF. It's gonna be all over the news. We're gonna move to Waco. We're gonna have a compound. We're gonna call it Magnolia Farms. We're gonna have a shootout with the ATF. Magnolia <laughs> Farms is the, uh, the the Chip and Joanna Gaines thing. <laughs> can you just imagine? That's really good. Yeah. Can you just imagine like hiding behind some shiplap and shooting at the federal government? Anyway. <laughs> That's really funny for like 10 people. Um, the uh, Have an area where everyone lives within like 10 minutes of each other rather than mm-hmm. all on the same piece of land because that's kind of crazy and a lot to expect kind of, of weird, someone. Yeah. But then you can say, all right, we kind of live in this area and we have an, a, a, a nucleus, but that doesn't mean we can't have some electrons floating around, you know? Mm-hmm. And so people like you who move in, maybe you can't get in the same 10-minute area, but maybe you can be within 15 minutes, you know, of everybody. And because yeah. you're moving in from out of state and, and the neighborhood is developed. And it's like, oh, how are we going to do this? And when houses go up for sale, we know that there are people who want to move here. So we can just say, hey, you know, I'm friends with you because we're oh, neighbors and, and your goats, you know, eat my hay. And so like because we're hanging out, maybe mm-hmm. you should sell your house to my friends who want to move in from out of town. And so there's I foresee a, a potentiality for people who desire to live this kind of communal life that do not live in a place like Oklahoma City. Have could, you talked to your boss about this? He might be able to give you tips on how to get people in the same general area. My boss, have, and I have not talked about this specifically, but we've talked about these concepts generally. Cool. So 
there's lots of there's lots of crazy things that you can do. Um, Phoebe the other day was like, it was like, what if you got a job like Ethan's? And I'm like, do you know a real estate developer who's willing to hire me for 30 hours a week and pay me for 40 so I can do ministry full time? Because give give them my number, man. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, I don't do, I do more than 30 hours a week of real estate. I bet. Yeah, it's really, it's really hard to like limit your full time salary or your commission. But Mm -hmm. like, it's really hard to limit your full time job. Just a certain number of hours a week. It is. It is. The only time that I really regularly take away from my job is this podcast, which is every Monday for two hours. That'll change once you get the hang of things. Yeah. Yeah. Once you're in a routine of like, sure. You know, CRM, this person, I'm going to do my calls in the morning. I'm going to do my ministry in the evening. I'm still, I'm still adjusting to the schedule. It's very challenging. Can I, can I tell you, speaking of real estate, can I tell you something funny that happened to me last week? Absolutely. Yes. I went to a commercial real estate conference uh-huh. Which, first of all, I didn't know that there were people that were that old that still went to conferences. Like, I didn't know there were conferences for anything besides youth youth stuff. Youth I was stuff. like, why do they have these buildings here if we only hope come up, come up here once a year? Exactly. <laughs> it was a. It was. Uh, it was kind of uncanny valley because everyone's got a lanyard and everybody's drinking coffee and they're having meals <laughs> and there's keynotes, but like all of it is boring. You're like, wait a minute, this isn't seek twenty twenty. That's really funny. It was really. Weird. But there was this one. It was a breakout session that I went to. And before it started, a lot of the people in there kind of knew each other. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was there really just to learn and see if I could meet anybody and just kind of, I don't know, pick up what you can pick up because it's good to go to these kinds of things when you're new. And all of a sudden, I just realized that everybody in the room except me is an investment banker. And they were all making jokes about unsecured debt. And they were, they were like, some guy was yelling at some other guy across the room. He was like, I bet that guy will loan it to you for less than 3%. And everyone, ha, 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 ha. That's ridiculous. And I was like, you guys realize that you are the epitome of what everybody thinks bankers are like <laughs> right now. Like I was just, I was an out of body experience where all these bankers were laughing at this unfunny joke about unsecured debt. And I, I was like, where, where am I? What is happening? That's, it was spectacular. That's really funny. It was phenomenal. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't either. That's the thing. They, only they get it. Yeah. It's crazy. Is he saying that like less than 3% interest? I don't know. Is okay. I don't know what he was saying. I think he was just saying, what's the sweet spot then? Cause I know, I know well, 28% th- interest ain't that good either. 3% is fine. But I think they were saying if someone comes to me and they don't have any collateral, uh, and I'm, they're not gonna put any money down, then I'm, I'll loan to them anyway. It was kind of maybe potentially. Oh, okay. But still hard to know. They were all just too busy laughing and, and joking, you know, that's really funny. Yeah. That that can't be any different than like when someone comes up to us and is like when we when we're having a conversation at a seat conference and we're like, Oh but this guy, I bet he believes in homoyosias. You know what I mean? That guy, he looks like he's an Eastern anyway. I don't know what homoyosias means. Homo homoosias and homoyosias are is the is the uh the controversy about the nature of Christ, whether he's like like in like nature of the father homoousias mm. or of the same nature homoousias mm. and that's where the phrase one iota comes from because ah. they would not they would not budge one iota because the iota is like the i anyway um interesting hey matt why don't you write a song about transubstantiation that's the equivalent yeah you know that joke. yes i do know that one <laughs> transubstantiation i miss miss matt Marr. wonder what he's up to man just hanging out probably yeah released an album recently i think he's still doing his thing good good for him it's crazy that he's had white hair for so long i can't wait i hope i get white hair 
I don't. Man, my dad has white hair. He got it when he was 35. Here's the hoping, man. Uh, I'll I, look so friggin' smart, dude. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's all, I'm going to look so smart. I'd be like, wow, this guy, th- that man, that man is either super intelligent or he is the president of the United States. <laughs> he grades so quick. <laughs> There's only two options. You can't be both. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, what else is going on with you? How, how is, how's the things? How are things? Oh man, Life Teen is going incredibly well. Really? I really enjoy it. Good. Yeah. The kids that show up, they're like they're like, Yeah, I want to come back. I love it. like we had our we had our kickoff mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was inflatables and it was a bunch of like goofing ah, off, right? Yes, so yes, I was yes, like yes. I was like, obviously the kids want to come back if this is what they think it is every week, you know? Sure, 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 sure. But uh, last night we had we were like talking about Jesus as the outcast and like how identifying with the poor means we have to go out to them and like we did adoration where i like had them write down the name of someone that is at their school that's an outcast so they can reach out to and, and they, they were like they were like yeah this is great one kid who showed up last week but didn't sign up he didn't sign a form because he wanted to check it out first uh-huh. <laughs> he signed up this week so nice, it looks like he wants to come back nice um uh, but yeah and then the one girl who didn't want to show up last week brought a friend this time we love that. Huge. Yes. Huge. So your grunt, your numbers are We're doing it and boosted. I did a retreat on Saturday. Yeah. How did and that go? I noticed I noticed one of the one of the girls there. I was like, Do I know you? And she was like, Yeah, I was at vacation Bible school at St. Malachi, which is the church where we do youth ministry at. Mm. And I was like, You wanna come to Life Team tomorrow? <laughs> mm-hmm. And she was gonna come but the Steelers game. Her parents couldn't drive her. The Steelers game. Anyway. What? But that 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 sucked. But I, I her and her friend her and her friend both signed up for life teen and then this other group of four girls were like super excited about life night Mm -hmm. and they were they wanted to come too Mm -hmm. and um because i i gave it i give a talk at uh at my confirmation retreats about how christianity should scare us because god did something incredible for us so he wants a lot back like so what are we supposed to do it's like god is asking you to become god became you so he wants you to become him and you can't do that so you need the holy spirit of confirmation that's the essential nice yeah it's real. It's real easy. Kids get the chiasmus. They're like, okay, that makes sense. I'm, I need to. I need to do this. And so I told them, I was like, you know, if you if you want to keep walking on this road, you need youth ministry. So like, you should you should come join my youth ministry. And their youth minister was upset. Like low key, not mad, but yeah. like definitely mad. She was like, why are you stealing my kids? And I was like, I don't know, man. Have a better ministry. I'm just kidding. Cut that out. That's so mean. It's actually I, not. I say that all no. the time about people in real estate because they're like, we. I can only have a building that's on the corner. I can't have anywhere it anywhere else because I need to be super visible. I'm like, if you had a better business, you wouldn't need the visibility. <laughs> no, it's true. You know, that's true. Like you don't. Need but that signs. was that was Walgreens' philosophy, and that's why Walgreens is so big. It's true. But I mean, it's not. I mean, she's 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 like she, what? She's overworked. You know, this youth minister's overworked. Underpaid. Underpaid. Her she's macros aren't half, right. Yeah, she's not in personal training. You know what's going on? She's chewing and on the so, cap to the protein shake. Right, she can't. She can't focus. She can't focus on high school. That's fine. That's fine. Send your kids over to my youth ministry. Right. There's no law that says every parish has to have an insane youth ministry. There is a law, and it's called the law of diminishing returns. I don't know yeah. if that applies here. <laughs> it kind of applies. It's like the more things you do, the little, the, the fewer returns you get on them. Oh, perfect. There is. She's a an law. incredible. Yeah. I, 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 there's, there's like zero chance that she's listening to this podcast. But, um, she loves her kids. I can tell. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I just, um, yeah, she was listening. She turned it off already and is upset. Um, that's okay. That's fine. 
It sounded really mean. I regret saying that. I can delete it if you want to, but if she's not I don't know if I want to. Because <laughs> I have said it before, yeah, but yeah. maybe just saying it on the podcast. It made it more real. It made it more real, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, my... It's like... I am very... I have, I have very natural gifts. I'm very naturally good at what I do. Yes. And so... I would say... Like, I, I overheard... I overheard one of their their small group discussions, they were like, what was one thing that stuck out to you from the talk? And that girl was like the joy that Patrick had when he was talking about Jesus. Nice. And I was like, dang, I didn't even like, I didn't even like actively try to do that. And so it was like, it showed me that like, I I do have a natural, I do have a knack for this arena. And so like, I don't want to say that it's like my, it was my calculations and my like, you know, I'm really good at building youth ministries. So like they really wanted to come to my youth ministry. It's also because I just have a knack for youth ministry, which is God given. You have so, a podcast. I can only boast. Yes. In the gifts of God. But that's the thing about St. Paul's. He's like, if I were to boast, here's all the things I would boast about that I'm really good at, but I'm not going to boast. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's like St. Paul, come on. I know you're doing it. I know you're doing You're boasting anyway. Oh, man. Like if you if, if your mom gives you a really cool DS, right? Yeah. Really cool DS with Pokemon on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're going to be like, hey, look at my cool DS. Back yeah. in my day, a Nintendo 3DS was three individual machines. These days, it seems like it's only one machine. <laughs> 3DSs all 3DSs. squished together. Yes. That's funny. Uh, Back in my day, my Nintendo DS was a rotary dial. <laughs> <laughs> Did you play Pokemon, Ethan? I never played Pokemon. Man, I love playing Pokemon. I used to play Nintendogs. I would throw the Frisbee by grabbing the zero and swinging it all the way around the rotary and then letting it go. <laughs> and they would throw the Frisbee to the dog and you have to go get it. Let's get into this, this topic. I recently read the book From Christendom to Apostolic Mission. It's a very tiny book. It's 90 pages. Uh-huh. Um, but is I would say dense. I would say it's brilliant. I would say it is a very helpful book for anybody who wants to think. Have you read? <laughs> have you read? <laughs> Who's this it book? by? It's Monsignor James P. Shea. James of, P. Sherman of the University of Mary. Wallaby Wasey. I'm pretty sure it's Monsignor Shea. I don't know if it is it Mark Shea. I said James Shea on the last James. podcast. Monsignor Shea. Shea. James P. Shea. Yeah, that's the one. James P. Sullivan. Yep. Not James P. Sullivan. Um, Monsignor James Shea is, I think, one of just like the best intellectual, like public voices in the church right now. Uh, have you ever heard any of his talks or any of his writings no. or anything? Oh, no. he's 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 the president of University of Mary. And he's just a very, very brilliant man. He's, I think, the youngest university president in the country, I'm pretty sure. Or, like, was appointed. When he was appointed, he was the youngest university president. Cool. Um, and this book is essentially a lot of the things that we've been talking about, about how we need to move from, like, it's kind of the the maintenance to mission sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it attacks it from a, a different point of view, not just like what actually is defines an apostolic time and what does it has the successful Christian response to an apostolic time looks like throughout all of history. And what does that look like now? Because it's not, it's not a one-to-one, right? Like we can't just look at, you know, first century Galilee and be like, well, what did they do? Yeah. Right. It's because, and that's a, that's a huge temptation. It is because it's like, Oh, what have we done in the past? Yeah. But like the past is so different. 
I mean, humans are... That's one of the biggest things about the past is it's not now. It is not now. That's the thing that people don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. But the there's there's cultural and intellectual forces at play now that we're not at play. Like you could if you were Jewish and somebody came to you and said, Hey, and this is a first century Galilee, hey, the Messiah came and here's all the things that he did and I, I he rose from the dead and you probably heard about him and he's real. They'd be like, Oh, that was real? And you'd be like, Yeah. They'd be yeah, like dude. Oh, okay, what, what what do I need to fo- to follow him? You know, you just gotta get baptized. Okay, I'm I'm in. You know? Like, because you're first century Jew, you're waiting for the Messiah. You know about the Messiah. You know about Scripture. You've been reading. You have it. a vague idea of what baptism is, right? Like you know? you've heard about this guy John the Baptist in the desert. You've heard about this Jesus from Nazareth. You heard this big to do in Jerusalem. You're like, oh frick, that was the real deal. Yeah, that was a real deal. And to boot, Jesus probably appeared to your town. You know, like right. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of things going for you. Remember that guy that healed Jeff the other day? Yeah, you remember Jeff? If that's the he old they, they old Jeff, him. Old Jeff uh, No Walk. Old Jeff. <laughs> Old Jeff, sit. old Jeff, no eyes. Old yeah, they, uh, they, they healed him. He healed him a couple of weeks ago. He went to Jerusalem. They killed him, but they, they can't find his body. And now yeah. they're just like killing his disciples. You want to be? He, he took he took old Jeff Sidums and he made him old Jeff Standums. And <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, oh, old Jeff Standums. I love that guy. He's oh so active now. That's yeah. good for Jeff. I saw him jogging the other day. Happy as a clam. <laughs> <laughs> What's a clam? We're in Galilee. Um, so his, his point on how to, uh, bring the truth of the gospel to the modern audience mm-hmm. is this thing that he, him, him and Jonathan Reyes kind of run in this same little area, which is we need to take our fundamental presuppositions about the world and remove them and insert the, the Catholic church's understanding of what the fundamental building blocks of a vision of the world is. He calls it the Catholic imaginative vision, right? So if you've ever... CIV. Yes. Jonathan Reyes kind of does this thing, but it's more so angled towards... You can probably find these talks on YouTube, angled towards things like um, same-sex relationships and Mm -hmm. those kinds of things, kind of the more moral stuff. And he says, well, if we believe this about man and we believe this about man's nature and we believe this about truth and we believe this about beauty then it doesn't follow that this is real it's kind of more zoomed in mm-hmm. monsignor shay's thing is um the catholic imaginative vision is it starts with the like there is an invisible world that's created around you and it's so much more powerful and important and beautiful and spectacular and everlasting than the material world that you live in and there are forces in it that hate you and there's forces in it that love you and they've both chosen to do that intentionally and they're warring against each other right and we were destined to join the 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 ones on the good side and be with them for all of eternity in place of peace and light and joy and refreshment but our first human parents they 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 chose the material world they chose the forces of evil and so bad choice bad choice and so the the creator had to send a god man to take the enemy's best weapon over us and turn it into a weapon for his side Right, so he took the death and he made the death a good thing, which is awesome that God did that. Huge. And after he did that, or before he did that, he established a society that would serve as a beacon and as a bulwark for all of the people who were lost and didn't know where to go. It'd be a place to come and find refuge, and for the people who 
uh, did find refuge there, it would strengthen them to go back out and continue fighting the war. That's like the mm-hmm. fundamental, like, this is the way that the Catholic Church sees the world. Is not as in terms of this particular nation or this particular ideology or this particular economy or this even like theology, you know, it's more so this is what is real (laughs) and this is what has happened and this is what will continue to happen. And this will connect with my, my confirmation thing that I want to talk about in a minute. But um, his point in the book is that you can't start arguing with people about morality and obligation and law unless they understand this thing. Yeah. And I feel like we go at it so backwards. It's like, uh-huh. oh, I'm going to preach the truth about abortion and then hopefully we'll get to them about about Jesus. Mm. You know, about like the truth of the world. And it's just it's clearly like not working. And so many church programs. I'm going to post a well-edited YouTube video of me screaming from the pulpit about how we need to support President Dolan Trump. Yes. And then all of the Catholic Democrats will stop being that. And yes. then they will finally be Republican and we will win. Uh, Sorry, they someone invited someone in Pittsburgh invited said priest to Pittsburgh and uh, his bishop said, uh, don't do that. But he's doing it anyway. So. Nice. That's uh, that's always fun when you schism. <laughs> you ever you ever schism, Ethan? And I oop, <laughs> and I oop. <laughs> so t- I don't know if you've seen this in a more formal role of like the temptation to correct people on morality and try to teach people on like this is why the obligation to go to mass every Sunday in confession, like the precepts of the church, you know, mm-hmm. like that seems to be our starting point rather than trying to give people a true understanding of the world. And I'm just trying to figure out where that comes from and why that, why it's happening. So I'm kind of, I want to hear about your experience with that. Cause I think it's very, when I heard that, I was like, Oh wow, this puts into context all of the problems I've ever had with talking to people about the church. <laughs> well, I mean the, I mean, it's, you can't talk to someone with a different worldview than you about the things pertaining to said worldviews. Do you think so that, it's a great... you think that everyone in America just assumes that we all share the same worldview? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Of, yeah, of course. <laughs> everyone thinks everyone thinks like them. Yes. Because we're all... We're all the... We're, we all think we're the protagonist, man. We're the main character of the freaking universe. Yeah. We're like, Jesus is the Messiah? No, nah, that can't be possible. I'm the Messiah. <laughs> It's me. It's me. I'm the chosen one. That's why every stupid movie is like the main character is the chosen one. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. It just so happens. Yeah. This guy's the, the chosen one. You know? Yeah. And I think it'd be easy to say, well, you know, people on the left have a different worldview than people on the right. I actually don't think that they have a different, like a fundamental worldview. worldview, right? It's yeah. like, what is it? It's, I was, I was born, um, a random collection of cells. I've been raised in this random societal circumstance. My life has no purpose or meaning other than the purpose or meaning that I give it. And I'm going to do what feels good. Yes. <laughs> and that's kind of it. Like, I don't know if there's anything else that we're missing. Uh, I'm, I'm entitled to what is mine. Um, mm-hmm. Give it to me. Right. And, and it's like, you can summarize most Americans' worldview as gimme, gimme, gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, that's, and that's like, it's, 
yeah the the they all deny that we all we all we all secretly or overtly believe that um god no longer acts in the world or never did um we all we all tacitly believe that uh-huh. and i'm we all we all tacitly believe that uh that that progress however you define that mm-hmm. is inherently good yes um regardless of what it's towards that's mm-hmm. we we bring we in the simpsons episode come on now it's, it's the time <laughs> It was awful, Ethan. It was horrible. <laughs> and you know what? You know, it, it was funny because Bart said uh, in the Simpsons episode, he was like, um, he's, at, he's at this fancy new STEM school and he looks at the fancy new principal and the principal's like, we love, we like, we want you to be here. Like, even if you don't like school, we want you to be here. He's like, I don't care. He's like, fancy school is school. Regardless, whether, whether it's fancy or old, schools are just prisons for kids. And that was meant to be a joke, but I was kind of like, honestly, go off. <laughs> Dang. I didn't know Ivan Illich was in this episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> right? <laughs> I didn't know Ivan Illich was voiced by a Scientologist. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Nancy Cartwright is a Scientologist. There's Scientology ads that are read in the voice of Bart Simpson because Nancy Cartwright is a Scientologist. That's Pretty ca- sure that's a violation of copyright. But yeah, I don't really know anything about that. Um, yeah, she's like old, too. Anyway, yeah, oh, she's uh, old. The Simpsons has been on for like 30 years. But yes, it, it, we li, the liberalism. I mean, I've said this over and over again. Uh, liberal liberals are just more liberal than conservative liberals. Yes. That's why you hear conservatives go, "Um, actually, I'm a classical liberal. Uh, it's like li- it's what liberalism was before the now liberals. I'm very fancy. Um, yeah, no, it's just liberalism. Democratic liberalism is just the natural conclusion mm-hmm. of the things you believe. You just yes. want to hold on to the vestiges of your Christian past because you inherently know that that's good or because you just think it makes you better than everyone else. I don't know which one it is. Yeah. Uh, and, but you want to also maintain that you are the center of the universe and individual liberty is, is the, is the tantamount good. Yes. Yeah. And when it comes to evangelization, I think most Catholics haven't had that shaken out of them, mm-hmm. which is why we're just such a, a, a an impotent evangelizing force in America. <laughs> yeah. Cause we just, there's no like strength when it comes to like worldview mm-hmm. from coming from the pulpit or coming from even things like, I don't know, apostolates and, and, and dare I say youth ministries, right? Like it's, it's focused towards, it is implicitly, not on purpose, not implicitly. Consumerist? No, 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 no. That's, well, kind of. No, what's well, what's yeah. the word I'm looking for? It's like accidentally all inherently pointing towards this individual liberty, right? Yeah. Like, you know, your your faith is what you make of it kind of a thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. make sure that you you respond to what the Lord is doing in your life, which is good, but there's this there's there's a there's a whole bigger thing going on, right? We're yeah. we're not just alone. And do you want to hear something awful? Yes, tell me. <laughs> From the retreat, I was I was giving I was giving my talk about how like you know Jesus wants you to be him. Yes, not just like him. Yes, he wants you to be straight up him. Yes, uh, he became you so that you could become him. Did you drop? And he knows the it's word impossible. Theosis on them? No, no, no. Okay, you say the divinized? only the only the only words I drop on my kids are words like anamnesis nice 
I dropped that on my middle schoolers, and they were all like, anamnesis. I was like, yeah. Uh, and Teresa Bova's in the back looking at me like, what are you doing? Stop, please stop. <laughs> Teresa Bova's on my core team. That's amazing. Isn't that awesome? Back up, Pittsburgh. Huge get. Huge get. Huge get. Anyway, anyway. I, the, I I was giving I was giving my whole spiel about like you know Jesus wants you to become him yeah. and he knows that's impossible and yeah. so that's why he sent the Spirit he said it's going to be better for you to receive the Spirit so that's why you need confirmation so you could become Jesus like yes. imagine if Jesus was 13 years old and went to your high school the world would be different oh yeah he your high school would be different Jesus wants you to be him at your high school <gasps> and I got to go back to high school and okay. <laughs> <laughs> no I have to go back and be high school Jesus anyway. <laughs> This I, I was talking to this girl. This, I promise, Father, like, this is my vocation. This is this what is God vocation. has called me to do. I, I gotta, gotta go, go back okay. and I gotta take her to prom. <laughs> Ethan, for the last time, you're twenty-five. I watched this. I watched this amazing video. I watched this amazing movie that renewed my vocation. It's called Twenty One Jump Street, <laughs> and I have to go back to high school. <laughs> Twenty One Jump Street, but it's you and me going back and trying to be Jesus in high school. <laughs> It's we go undercover. Street, but it's you and me trying to get all these kids to go to youth ministry. Ice, cu- Ice Cube sends us undercover to go into a high school and get kids to go to youth ministry and find <laughs> out which kids are illicitly dealing in occult materials, and then we and then we arrest them because we arrest them. because we've established and we put them in an ecclesial prison. <laughs> anyway, uh, but anyway, the, 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 this we one send them to Baptist like, summer was... camp. Sorry, <laughs> no, not even <laughs> joke. I've been to one. They're awful. And no, that, it was really great. But I'm it was sure very, it's very like, fun, but it's like hip. Yeah. And yeah. anyway, yeah, the pastor and I had a good conversation, but this girl who was, who was super into that idea. She's yeah. like, I love that. She was like, actually like, she said something that her, that her youth minister said, at her, she goes to young life and mm-hmm. she said something that the young life leader said that abs, ab, actually contradicted what I said. Oh, like straight up was the opposite of okay. what I said. Yeah, cool. But she was like saying it like it was complimentary, I guess. Sure. Protestants and tend to do this. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, this is. It was interesting because she said that her youth minister, for lack of a better term, youth pastor, youth pastor said, yeah. uh, "Jesus, you you don't need to keep trying to be like Jesus. You just need to be with Him." Hmm. And I understand what he's trying, what he or she was trying to say. Like, you don't need to try to be like Jesus. You just need to be Jesus. You know, hmm. like it's don't don't being get down with on Him yourself. will make you like Him. Kind of a sure, thing. like something like that, Maybe. you know. But it was, yeah. it was, um, it was like the, that. That the first, the thing that I said is, I think, is the gospel. Yeah. Right? Like oh, Jesus absolutely. Wants you to become him. Yes. But th- what what they said like can be interpreted by the young mind as like a a toned down version of what God is calling us to do. Mm-hmm. She even mentioned like, I was like, the Bible says, "Be perfect, like your heavenly Father is perfect." And she was like, "Yeah, they mentioned that," but she was like, "That isn't like real because like you can't actually do it." And I'm like, ah, oh. and I was like, I was like, they haven't been confirmed, so of course they can't. But that's what that's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and maybe not even baptized. Who knows? Yeah. 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 The okay, so I um, this was wonderful. I had an opportunity to speak yesterday. Oh yeah. To the parents, the sponsors, and the students that are that just began confirmation they just had the retreat so, this weekend you said we were going to talk about confirmation just like i'm you. so excited we should do it at seven go on <laughs> <laughs> what we should we should confirm kids at seven. Oh, i thought you meant like we should talk about we should have this conversation at 7 p.m and at i was like why would we yeah. stop now and then resume three hours later 
<laughs> I have to eat fajitas tonight. I'm busy. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. I know. We're having a. We're having the. There's a seminarian who's doing a pastoral year at our parish, and we're having over mm-hmm. for dinner. So we're making fajitas. Fajitas. I'm very excited. Very um, close I've, enough to Texas for that yes. to be Tex Mex. This is a short aside. Em and I feel like we're already 65 years old because in the, this week and next week we're having a seminarian over for dinner and the local focus team over for dinner. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, oh man, I'm already, I feel I'm an empty nester, but I don't have kids yet. That's the difference. I'm like a reverse, really <laughs> a reverse empty nester. Um, okay. Back in. So I gave a talk and originally, so the Archbishop of Oklahoma City has this, it's a pretty great uh, kind of vision statement letter thing a lot of bishops have these things that they write and that they're very well Mm -hmm. produced and slick graphics and everything it's called go make disciples right sure which is wonderful and the four points are encounter accompany community send pretty standard yes not not anything crazy four steps baby four floors four floors right exactly it's very similar to like sherry waddell thresholds of discipleship like kind of just incorporate all these things and it's very good and they had so they had the retreat for the students on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they had a, a one-hour seminar for the parents and the students. Naturally, the parents are livid that they have, they're being required to attend this thing. Um, also, naturally, the parents are livid and sending many, many emails to the youth minister about how he didn't answer the questions that the kids put in the box. Because um, he, one, they didn't have time to go through all the questions because there's like 80 yeah. kids and there's one guy. And two... They have to get you. You know this. You have to get permission to talk about sex stuff. Like you uh-huh. can't just talk about sex stuff, right? Yes, with so, middle schoolers, I it is with eighth grade and younger. It is illegal. Yes, for me to furnish them with sexual information. It is a form of grooming, and I will not do it unless yes. someone brings it up. And then I will ask, has any does anyone else know what that means? And if someone raises their hand, and they say they don't know what it means. I stop the conversation. I talk to their parents, and I have them tell their parents exactly. And Boundaries, just, baby. Exactly. When it's so good that you do that, but the parents are yep. super pissed at this at this youth minister because some kid asks, you know can I be a Catholic and still support LGBTQ? And he didn't, he just didn't bring up that question. Like he just left it in sure, the box yeah. and they addressed other questions. Like what is confirmation? So <laughs> probably a good answer. Um, and so the parents, one are pissed about that. The parents two are pissed that they have to come to this thing. I would have been upset. There was wine available. I went straight to the wine table. I was like, what are you guys upset about? This is a, this is a, got a cab salve here it's in amazing. a plastic cup. I'm about to speak in a couple minutes. I'm starting to a fall cab over. Salve. Let's love, go. A good cab salve. So Yo, speaking at Alpha is great because you get to have your wine next year. I'm like, man, I haven't done this since I did stand up comedy. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's, it was nice. So already, like, everyone's just kind of hostile, just about the the fact that they have to be somewhat engaged in the education of their children uh. about confirmation. And secondly, the kids are uh, they're just regular teenagers. They're just being they're being who they are, right? And so they sure. they don't want to be there. It's Sunday afternoon. The Steelers are playing. It's just this whole thing. In Oklahoma? <laughs> They're uh, concerned about the Steelers. Play. I don't know if anybody's concerned about the Steelers. Um, the Sooners. So I just want to give – I don't want – I'm not saying this to like slam my local uh, ministry. Uh, what I do want to say is I there were four talks, right? They were all 10 to 15 minutes, so not, not anything crazy. Like, not long at all. Not long at all, and it was done in an hour. Like we were in there, had an intro – one talk, two talk, three talk, four talk, an outro, and then we were done. And everyone had wine, so it was not that much of an event. I was the only person who spoke who was under the age of 60. Oh. Um, uh. So this is kind of how the worldview thing ties in, right? Yeah. 
the first talk was um, this old woman who spoke about how she never had that kind of like wham come to Jesus moment. It just happened over time. Right. Mm -hmm. And she communicated that very simple truth in a matter of 10 minutes by telling her entire story of her life. (laughs) It was fine. Right. We're not, we're not mad at her for doing that. She did, she did what she was asked to do, which was give a talk on encounter. I was asked to give a talk on a company. We'll come back to my talk in a minute. Um, (laughs) The woman after me had a talk on community. She spent most of her time talking about the programs at the parish. Good. Okay, cool. So Bunko night. Yeah. We got food pantry. Yeah, obviously. Mm -hmm. Food pantry. Uh, And hold on. Fall festival. Yep. You got it. You're on top of it. Nailed it. And then the final one, we had father come up and talk. uh, um, And halfway through his talk, he forgot the acronym. Or like the four the four different things. Oh, so he doesn't even know what he's talking about, right? And uh, and then there company equip send or community send. Yeah, exactly. Eeks. Eeks. He said eeks multiple times, but That's couldn't funny. couldn't remember what the C stood for. Uh, and then my my talk was supposed to be about a company. And they're like, we need to talk about how these parents accompany these kids, right? This is the most important thing. Is to talk about accompaniment. And what I told you, like the condensed version of the Catholic imaginative vision, that was my talk, right? I said, I'm not here to teach you anything. I'm not here to give you facts. I said multiple times, I was like, if you don't believe this, don't get your kid confirmed. If you don't believe this, choose to not be confirmed. Like, yeah, which is huge. It was amazing, right? And I I had the ability to do that because I could just walk in, drop the bomb, and then leave. Like, I don't have to to deal with the the fallout. But just saying things like... If you like, if we take this Christian imaginative vision and understand that there's this whole everything that's going on around you, and it's not just about your own personal experience of faith. If mass is just this thing where you go to church every Sunday because that's where your parents took you, and and you're getting confirmed because that's what you're you're supposed to do, then honestly, to hell with it, right? Like it's just a pointless exercise because you're just it's not anything. But then I said, if if mass is like this regular encounter with the God Man who stole death from the enemy and turned it into a a sign of victory rather than a punishment uh, and a dominion that someone else had over you. And you're able to unite with him and he's able to strengthen you and send you back out into the world. Then that means something a little bit different about what mass is. And maybe you should reevaluate it, you know? And if you don't believe that, stop coming to mass and stop feeling guilty about not coming to mass. Because if you don't believe it, then it doesn't mean anything, (laughs) you know? And so it's just like, there's no there's no need for Catholic guilt if you guys don't even believe what Catholics believe. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately. Why why? Um and it's a pointless you're right, it's a pointless I, I used to say this, I used to I used to get really pissed and talk about this. Yes. About how I'm like, if if all you want, man, is a cute little graduation from what we would call it, what we called it at my old parish, C C D, if that's all you want is a is a graduation from Catholic elementary school. To do it school. on your own time and your own dime, man. I'm mm-hmm. not making certificates for you, right? You know, it's just that. That's how I feel. I mean, like, what I, what I, like, I, what I understand confirmation to be is like an incredible gift. Oh yeah, not the next step in your faith journey. Like it's yeah. like that. That's like that's a really easy way to yeah. put it. Yeah. But like kids hear that about graduation. They hear they that, hear about, that about going to fourth grade. You know, yes. like you know they and and and. Thank you for being Catholic until you've turned 13. Here's a fountain pen to commemorate the event. Exactly. And a catechism you won't read, right? Like it's, man, it's just. And it's a UCAT. A UCAT? It's not even a real catechism. Nah, you should not give kids a real catechism. What, they might read it? 
Yeah, they might read it. They're not catechists. They shouldn't be reading a catechism. That's fair. I have a catechism. Catech- the catechism was written for catechists and, and, and local bishops to write catechisms. I wish my bishop wrote a catechism. That's in the that's in the that's in the front matter of the catechism. It's not for the everyday use of that's why that's why when um when it was originally put out, there was just a paragraph. I think it was either about homosexuality or about masturbation, and it said like this is a grave moral evil and just moved on. Nice. And there was no there was no pastoral like explanation mm-hmm. about it. Like there was no and then the catechism like, sold a million copies in the first year, and they're like, we should probably put some more stuff in. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. And so there was not so these like like these these eighth graders who yeah. like accidentally found out about masturbation were like reading it and like, oh no, I'm going to hell I'm because dying. like exactly. Yeah. And and so it's like they 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 figured that out and changed it. Audience is everything. You can't write yes. something for the universal church for every lay person to read. That's totally. just not how it works. Anyway, anyway. Uh, Give them the UCAT, give them the Gospels, the Bishop Barron Gospels, fine, do that. Um, What was I saying? We were talking about how if you want a graduation ceremony, do it on your own dime and on your own time. Yeah, I I mean, I'll confirm whoever presents themselves, obviously. It's not my my job to discern who and who doesn't deserve confirmation, but um, but I'll do it. (laughs) I I do think that Mm. people will will rise to the occasion if they're willing right yes, like if totally. you these kids know that it's important yes their parents don't yeah i i have people calling me they're like man you're a youth minister that's i, I can't imagine like these kids they just don't want to they just don't want to get involved they just don't want to get involved i'm like with bunko night do you see me at bunko night right me either i don't want to get involved the reason there was so much wine at the confirmation thing because it was shortly followed by a bingo event just, ah, there just it is. so you're aware. There it is. Get them drunk. Get them betting on bingo. Yes. <laughs> but like that, that's if, if they're like, that's their, that's their understanding of like the, the, the worldview includes what the church is, mm-hmm. which is why I always include that in the charisma. It's not, it doesn't end at, you know, at the resurrection. Jesus wants a relationship with you, right. you know, it's like he wants a relationship with you in the society that he founded that will last until the end of time. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> literally the oldest organization that exists, you know? Yeah. It's he wants you to be a part of it, you know. And you can make and, an argument that rabbinic Judaism has existed longer as an organization than Christianity, but it's not a centralized organization. It's a confederation of different congregations. So, that you're, have so you're, you're, over time. you're saying that the Confederation of the United States of America wasn't an organized uh, group? They almost a beat the con- they almost beat the Union, bro. A confederation is by <laughs> definition an unorganized group. I would like to submit a question in writing and have it answered after the podcast. Thank okay. You. <laughs> A confederation is the opposite of a federation, yes. which is centralized. Interesting. <laughs> anyway. Carry on. The, uh, I forgot what I was saying. I, can I say them? Sure. Podcast. So. Can I say something? Podcast. podcast. Hold on, hold on. Podcast. Okay. This is what I, I'm not just bringing this up so I could repeat my talk and say, everybody, everybody clap for me. This is how good I did at my confirmation talk. Uh, invite me to fly out to your parish and pay me um, to to speak. That's, I don't care about that, right? Patrick, I'd be more than happy to podcast anywhere live. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I don't care about that. What I care about is like this, this the youth minister who's local, he has to spend like a third to a half of his time fending off angry parents who just don't want to do their job. 
And that's what he was pretty ballsy when he stood up there. He said, all of your emails with criticism in them are not actually helpful. If you want to build a better confirmation program, come in and talk to me. Don't just send me an angry email. It's not going to work. Like, let's actually work <laughs> together. And I was like, let's go, dude. Way to go. Yeah, so man. I just, the thing that I... I would just walk down in there. You stiff-necked people. You whitewashed tombs. Yes. <laughs> you brood, brood of, of vipers. vipers. <laughs> uh, the... I just That's don't. That's not true. I wouldn't have done that. I know you wouldn't have. That's too, that's too much, man. The Catholic Imagine Division, right, also includes this little teensy tiny part where um, the God Man came to Earth and said some really tough things, and and people chose to reject him, and he just allowed them to. And that's the other thing that I just don't get is we, we feel, we're like grasping. We're like, oh, they gotta they gotta get confirmed, you know, and uh, they don't gotta get confirmed. They don't. It would be it, the best thing for them is that they get confirmed, but they don't gotta. And I wish there was a way for like the resources and the time and the availability of people who work for the church to be freed up from these people who don't actually desire the sacraments so that they could actually go and do real ministry and actually start preaching this, this true world vision instead of trying to wrangle people into these programs and these nights and these things Cause then it's, cause then it just becomes about that second thing, which is like the morals and the obligation and the rules. And they don't have the first thing. Cause the person doesn't genuinely like someone like you doesn't have the time to, to construct something that will teach that and communicate it. The answer is this, this is the answer. Tell me the only thing I get, like it's, it's something that I think about because it's, I, I, it gets moved to the bottom of my list of to do's. Which is not good because it's a sacrament of the church. Yeah. 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 It's the literal admit, like it's the gift of the Holy Spirit to these kids. Oh yeah. But it feels so fruitless because I know half of them aren't well disposed to receive it. Yeah. Even if they can receive the fullness of the sacrament, they'll receive the character, they'll receive confirmation regardless. But like so many of them have grave sin on their soul. And like, whether you're, whether you're actually, you know, guilty or not, I'm not sure if, even if you're not actually like culpable for that grave matter at the very least it blocks you from receiving the fullness of the sacrament like at the very least what if this might get you in a lot of trouble what what if you every week let's say confirmation mm-hmm. classes once a week all right oh gosh i, I don't know how often it is actually I hope not jeez no uh, we're not doing that okay however often eighth graders ninth graders seventh graders however often they get together for me when i was going through it i was once a week during the school year mm-hmm. um what if, let's say, I show up on Tuesday night, whatever night, and they have everybody, they start out all in a big room, and they say, how many of you uh, don't want to get confirmed? <laughs> right? Everybody, is, whoever doesn't want to get confirmed, there's all right, we've got basketball and, like, games and food over here in this other room. How many of you do want to get confirmed? Okay, we're actually going to go have confirmation class, right? Um, you, if you don't want to get confirmed, you don't have to come. Uh, if you if you start out over here at the basketball gym, you can come and come to join the class. No one's going to judge you. No one's going to scare any. They say anything, um, and then we're going to let you go home. And then when the parents start getting pissed off because they're like, "Oh, you're not teaching our kids," uh, be like, "Well, your child has agency. I'm not going to force them to do anything. If, if they don't want it, why are you making them come?" Right? Uh, and then and then that it would be like a really aggressive way to just flip it back on the parents and be like, "If you want your kid to want this, you have make to make them want to come. You have to teach them why it's important." Yeah, I. I can't do it. It would be a really bad PR move. Terribly, terribly bad. Oh, it would bad. never work, too. The priest would be like, so mad at you. Everybody would be mad. But in my mind, it's like, 
gosh, I can't imagine any other way. Like you get, you literally get turned, these kids turned over to you for an evening mm-hmm. for two hours. And I, I don't know. It's like, what until if we actually 14, respected them until they're 14? They technically are under the like onus of their parents. Like their parents can choose whether or not they can be confirmed. That's so fair. like, right. So we, we don't actually, we don't actually say to our teens, you know, you don't have to be confirmed if you don't want to. Cause if they're not 14, that's just not true. Sure. I'm not I guess I was, I was confirmed law, when I was yeah. in, in eighth grade. So I guess it's a little bit different, mm-hmm. but yeah, what, what I, what I do, everywhere. what I do want is I do want, I do want our, our, our dear, our dear shepherds. I want them to recognize that the Holy Spirit is better at my job than I am. Mm-hmm. And I would love, it would be so punk rock. If in I fact, got a pay raise. If they could have the Holy Spirit before I try to do my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I'm not banging my head against a, a wall. Yes. Trying to get them to love Jesus when they don't even have the fullness of the, the sacraments of initiation yet. Like it, what I would, what I would really love yes. is, and this is, this is, this is like kind of a cheap shot, but like, mm-hmm. I would love for them to have received the Holy spirit before they receive pornography. Yeah, you know, that's true. I would love for them to be yeah. able to know, uh, have the seven gifts of the Holy spirit dwelling in their soul, than um, cigarette smoke. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> or whatever the moral equivalent of cigarette smoke is today, an iPhone, they should have confirmation before they have an iPhone. Yeah. That's, and I they shouldn't have an what iPhone. Is a, what is a whippet? I hear people doing whippets. <laughs> Sounds synthetic. Probably garbage. Uh, um, <laughs> I think that's a, that. Can that be a, the catchphrase of the crunch? Anytime a new technology sounds synthetic, probably garbage. Probably garbage. When did we stop being human beings? Um, anyway, but yeah, that's my that's my take. I I think I think the the only way to fix this problem is is to not restore the order. I'm not even saying that. By all means, do do first Holy Communion. Before confirmation, if that really, you know, wets your whistle, hmm. but at least confirm them before they reach the age of reason. Because here's the reality: the age of reason is not just something that doesn't just mean you can actually have penance now. What it means is you have made a moral choice. Once you have the faculty of your reason, your reason makes a choice. It makes the decision to pursue the good or to pursue its own self-interest. One of those things is a virtue. One of those things is a sin. And um, mm. you need to have all of the weapons in your arsenal <laughs> to face that first test. I would like, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Why do you think that will never happen? Because why change it? Because, because of all the reasons that you're saying. Be, oh, no, no, no. Because of all the reasons. But I'm like, I'm just boots on the ground, rank and file guy. You know, yeah. like the people who the people who have the um, authority to change such a thing. Uh, they got a chancery job after they were ordained, and so they've never <laughs> experienced this. Yeah, it's true. You know, they just they Damn. they just we should have become bishops. What were we thinking? No, 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 no. Oh gosh, no. Who would want to be a bishop? It <laughs> um, too late, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, you never know. Well, the Bible says let let the bishop be uh, only one wife. Yes. So you so. only have ever had one wife. So qualified. Qualified according to the Bible Timothy. and not canon law, just the Bible. Yep. <laughs> Sola Scriptura on this issue only. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I don't, I don't know what would stop, what would stop a bishop from doing that. I think, I think it's just like the fact that we've been doing it the way we've been doing it for so long. It's like, it would be so much more work to so long. I know. 30, 30 years, years, 50 years. Yeah. Um, it would be too hard to change it. Why? You know what? No, it you would know be, why? It would be less no, Ethan, work. You know why? Why? What? It would be less work. Do you know why 
We aren't. That's never going to happen. Why? Because we don't believe confirmation is, is efficacious. Is real. Yes. That's what we. That's the problem. We don't believe it does. No, happen. no, we don't. It's like imagine how much better you'd be at your job if you didn't have to run this freaking pseudo Catholic school class every year. You know. How much time I'd have free for ministry to do, actually, yeah. Do you know? Do you do you know what happens when I meet a kid who doesn't want to hear about Jesus? I move on. Yeah. I teach. I preach them the gospel, and if they don't want to come back, I don't cry about it. I yeah. just move on to the kids who do want to hear, because to him who has more will be given. And yeah. I and like and and I I do my due diligence, right? Right? Like I try, try. but like I can't I can't give someone supernatural faith. No. But when a kid does have the gift of supernatural faith, I pour as much of my time and energy into them as possible because yeah. God has obviously given them something incredible, you know? Yeah. I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago. We had that girl who, like, on a retreat, she just was like, I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized. <sighs> yeah. And so, like, I really focus on her. I would check in on her and be like, hey, how are you feeling? Do you still want to be baptized? She's like, yeah, I do. Sweet. You know? And this other girl who was really interested in Catholicism, she was very faithful it was great. She was Protestant, but she came to, to, to youth ministry every week. And she would always be the one that asked questions, like really smart questions. Uh-huh. Not just like, how long is your beard now? Mm-hmm. You guys have any questions? Wh- when did you and Phoebe meet? You know, I meant about the topic, Ed. Do you have, do you have any <laughs> questions? Where'd you get that gold chain around your neck? You've seen that before. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, like- did you not, do you not know? Oh, I, you texted me about it, but it, it took oh, me yeah. back when I saw it on the screen today. And I was like, what oh, is yeah. that? Oh, I remember. It's bling, baby. I got it. It's great. My, um, my, uh, oh, my grandfather left me his golden chain for the listeners. And it, and it looks he, badass. If I may it? say so myself. <laughs> I never would have bought this for myself. No, never. But no. I'm so happy that, yeah, it's great. Oh, it's especially when I'm wearing a button up shirt. And like the button comes open a little bit and you can see the, the goal. It's like, oh, dang, I bet this guy smokes cigars and shoots guns. <laughs> you got to start wearing a, a tank top, a white tank top underneath. So that at the end of the day, you can take off your button down shirt, still have your slacks on, but have the chain. And then it needs to start getting really dirty and greasy from all of the ham that you ingest. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you'll become full Italiano. Yeah, I'll wear, I'll wear tank tops when my chest is further out than my belly. That's what I'll do. All you, you gotta do is just, just bend. Just always hunch just kinda <laughs> Yeah. Thanks for talking about that topic with me. I hope it was I, I could talk about confirmation good. forever, but I feel like the listeners have already heard enough about They really have confirmation. I just wanted to approach it from a different angle today and just remind people that we can't talk about morality exclusively. We need to give people the Catholic imaginative vision. And I think, I, know, I think it's I think it's book. huge. I, that's something that, that I haven't um I haven't really thought about in my thoughts about confirmation is mm-hmm. like the reality is that we treat it the way we do because we don't have this. We don't have the Catholic vision yes. of what the world is. So yes. why would we have the Catholic vision of what confirmation is? Yes. Or, or any of the sacraments or any of the things about church life. You know, why yeah. don't people tithe? You know, like, why don't we evangelize? Why don't we serve the poor? Why don't we this, 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 this? It's like, it all goes back to, you don't believe that we were created. You don't believe that there's this invisible world. You don't believe that there's angels and demons and a Trinity and a Virgin Mary. Like, you don't believe any of that stuff. If you did, you'd act different. Anyway. Yes, I'm ready for Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner. Uh, I know it hurts. I'm sorry. It's it's I, 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 I... All right. You came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby.
This one comes from Joe, who does what's, not want to remain anonymous. Welcome the to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, sponsored by Catholic Match. I'm sorry, Catholic Match. I forgot about you, you again. Thank forget. you to Catholic Match for sponsoring this episode of The Crunch. Uh, if you want to submit a Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, you can uh, go into the episode notes because I realized that them posting it on Instagram occasionally is we get like 10 or 11 every time yeah. submits, but like some people are like actively looking for it. Yeah. Oh wait, I almost, you got to read that one. This, you got to read that one. You this is not this the, one. this is not the doctor in Zeta quarter that I want, but, but this, this one, is, this one's short. This is amazing. I did not want to, I didn't want to surprise you with it. Because no, I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I, I thought I literally laughed out loud. This is when perfect. I saw this. I'm so excited. This I can't is, wait. this is the stuff that we live for. Okay. Everybody, everybody, Hold on. Listen up. Hold Everyone on to shut your up butts. And listen. Like, I know you're talking during the podcast to your friends. Stop it. I listen know you're driving this. right now. Pull the car over. Put it in this park. One, this one comes from Eliza. Uh, hi, please read this as is. I don't want to be anonymous. I'm 22. He's 24. Pat- Patrick and Ethan, I really hope this makes y'all laugh, but also please cheer me on and pray for us. Will, I know you like me. Do you want to ask me out on a date, Eliza? <laughs> queen that's amazing. an absolute queen this is the fir- i can't believe this is the first time someone has used this podcast for that exact purpose i know i'm i'm impressed that it's it's taken this long but also is this the first time someone's actually taken our advice and a woman who who knows that a guy likes her has just said straight up like hey, hey ask, me, ask out. me out i think so well done eliza Every, just, it's so much just, it's lot, give it up for our girl it's we're so good. excited i mean it's so much better than like the question is like I know he likes me, so like, should I just take it? I, I know, like, people don't like it when the girl makes the first move. The uh, their other option is not you asking them out. That's not the other option. People the other don't option like it is when girls write into the me. first podcast. <laughs> the other option is say it with me, communication, communication baby. baby. I'm gonna name my firstborn son communication. He will be a communication baby. <laughs> if I ever do that joke one more time, that's only that's only like the third time I've said it. Um, this one comes from Joe. This actual one comes actual from Joe. Actual Joe. Actual Joe. He says, Catholic girls, nice. uh, when I ask them out for an adult beverage, 101, or group outings, they claim they are recently drinking less or don't drink socially. Nice. Weird. And politely decline, then proceed to post on social media, her and her friends, sometimes co-ed, sharing a three-gallon margarita. Anyway, um, I'm a 30-year-old practicing Catholic male, not married, having no problem getting dates, and date chastely with secular girls and non-Catholic girls. When it comes to practicing Catholic girls, about every attempt I've tried to date them ends in a WTF moment. Uh, not even an outing. What? Oh, okay. Um, my problem isn't finding practicing Catholic girls. It's when I meet them, they are allergic to dating me. It's as if either Vatican II or the Catechism has mm. a secret unknown section stating practicing Catholic women need to make it as awkward and difficult as possible to date Joe. Um, hmm. And he hasn't heard of the podcast before, so he's not going to listen to it. So okay. let's go off on Joe. Joe, baby. <laughs> Bubula. <laughs> Babushka. Babushka. Come, um, come in close. Hold in. Hold, hold in to hold, me hold. right now. Let me come let me here. tell you something sweet. You are the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the um I loved the the Catholic girls when I asked them out for an adult beverage, they claim they are recently drinking less. Uh, and then proceed to post on social media. Her and her friends sharing a three. Dude, she didn't want to go on the date. I know. That's like that's like this is such a such a mysterious puzzle. How am I gonna <laughs> How am I gonna solve this mystery? Every time I ask out a girl, I get the I I keep accidentally dialing Domino's Pizza, and I don't understand why every girl recently changed her number and Domino's Pizza is now the new number. I don't understand. There's just a girl. Every time this guy calls her, goes. 
Becky, this is Domino's. And he's like, oh, frick, again? And then it's just every girl knows to pretend to be Domino's. Um, oh, man, it's awful. It's, it's like this guy walks up and says, hey, do you, do you want to... Do you want to go get some food sometime while this girl is eating? She says, no, thanks. I don't eat. And he goes, huh, I guess she doesn't eat. Man, this must be Vatican II's That's problem. That's so weird. It's yeah, crazy Vatican that Vatican II, II prescribed that, that, that women don't eat anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand the Vatican II. I don't II understand comment. that. Well, also, he, t- he tipped his hand, right? Because before, early on, I think there's two tells. The first tell is Catholic girls, right? Lumping sure. them in all as a unit. Yeah. And then tell number two is when he name drops Vatican II. And it's like, ah, yes. Now I understand. Mm, there it is. Uh, yeah. I thought I knew this guy because I recognized the last name, but I think it's a different one. I hope so. I'm, I found I found one. I found one. And, and yeah, we have two mutual friends on Facebook, but he's dating someone. So this guy yeah. obviously I just, enjoys adult beverages. What, what should you do? Okay. So you should find someone who is not doing the thing that you want to do with them and ask him to not do it with you. And see how that goes, right? So find someone who's not drinking from the three-gallon margarita and say, hey, do you want to go and not drink sometime? What are they going to say? <laughs> oh, oh, I just, tomorrow I'm going to start drinking heavily. <laughs> you got to go out <laughs> Or like when the they say, direction. oh, we recently stopped date, I, I recently stopped drinking, um, ask them out for coffee. Right, that's the maybe other that's thing. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe you just, maybe you need to work on your real-time pivot, you know, like, hey, Oh, he said, I have no problem getting dates and dating chastely with secular girls and non-Catholic girls. But when it comes to practicing Catholic girls, about every attempt I've tried. Okay. What? Okay. How does this change things? I was like, I was like, I thought he said I have no problem dating Catholic girls. So like he's only dating non-Catholics and he's, secular women. He, he tries to go out on dates with many women, right? When he asks yes. secular women out on dates to go get drinks, they're like, oh, that'd be fun. And then they go and then they respectfully decline when he asks them out on more dates. When he asks Catholic girls out to do the exact same thing as he's asking these other girls, like he's not trying to be a creepo or a weirdo. He's sure, just yeah. going from non-Catholic to Catholic, ask them out, and all of a sudden that they, they clam, they clam up. What is that? I'm a first-century Galilean. I don't know what a clam is. Um, the then he's trying to insist that there's some kind of problem with the Catholic women. I just think that Catholic women, yeah. rightfully so, have a higher standard of men. Am I saying the quiet part out loud? Oh, no, that's definitely it. I think it's interesting because like, you're right. He didn't really give us much information. Yeah. Besides, Catholic girls kind of like freaking suck, bro. You have any explanation? Uh, yeah. No, I don't. I have a lovely Catholic wife and right. you have a lovely Catholic wife. We knocked it out of the park. Let you me tell you this. You didn't even go to a Catholic college. Emma, Emma doesn't like to drink, like really at all. Mm-hmm. But when I say, hey, do you want to go get a drink with me? She'd be like, eh, sure. You want to know why? Because she thinks why? I'm freaking hot, bro. <laughs> that's why. You know what? Agree. Yeah. Upvote on that. Exactly. And same, same, same thing with you. Boys. When when you go to Phoebe, right, and you're like, hey, you want to talk about Pokemon? She's going to be like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Want to know why? Because she thinks you're freaking hot. Right? That's, the, that's what it is. That's the answer to the problem. <laughs> you want to you talk about Pokemon? So maybe maybe what this guy should do is go start asking these girls about Pokemon. That would probably be it. I'd, I'm trying to think if there's any solution to his problem um, that isn't like super creepy and weird. I mean, if they're drinking three-gallon margaritas, you might be able to hide in it like one of those surprise cakes and then pop out and be like, it's me. I'm the three-gallon margarita because that's a huge freaking margarita. It was weird that he mentioned that she's drinking with her friends and sometimes he's, she's with men. Maybe he was saying that to be like, oh, she does. She only drinks with women, not with Well, he men. was asking for group hangouts too. Like yeah. that was the other thing he was inviting people to. So it wasn't like drinking one-on-one or drinking in a group. That's a problem. 
You know. You think this may have happened twice? Maybe. Or like three times? Potentially. I don't I don't see I don't this is a very specific situation where he yeah. asks a girl out to drinks. Yeah. She says she's drinking less. Yeah. Lies to him and then posts on her social media with her drinking with her friends. And maybe he's this might be a very specific instance that he's extrapolating. Yeah. Why do Catholic yeah. girls do this? And maybe he just feels like he's he can't really get into this Catholic circle in whatever particular town he's in. Yeah, probably. You know, there's probably they, some like young adult. Well, probably. <laughs> There's probably this like young adult group of, of women who are aged 24 to 28 who are unmarried and he's 30. And so when he shows up to the young adult groups and he says, hey, do you want to go get a drink? They're like, oh, it's the guy who's 30 who's still coming to the young adult things. Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's tough. That's you know? real tough. Yeah. It's like, gosh, it's like you need to have uh, another another crowd to kind of approach. Yeah, maybe. Because if, if I'm 24 and I'm a lady and a 30-year-old guy asks me out, I'm like, hmm. Generally, right? I mean, there's exceptions to every rule, but it's like what your, be- that's your, what it is, is your bedtime. Your bedtime is probably eight o'clock. You know, Ooh, like I don't want to go out with you. You know, he's like, he's like, they're like, is it time for dessert? And he's like, yes, I will have the uh, the pistachio pudding. And she's yes. like, oh gosh, oh dear, oh no, oh boy, he's getting yes. some prune juice. Yeah, did you? Did you? Dietary <clears throat> issues. Hey, hey, Joe, it's, it's this has been really, um, you know, this, what what do you what do you like to do during the weeks? I just catch the reruns of Seinfeld and uh, <laughs> plug in my old MTV tapes and just make sure that I catch it. Make sure I always know the the hip and relevant music for the kids these days. What about I just you? Watch Saturday Night Live. Oh gosh. Oh no. I'm oh, no. so old. What about you? Uh, I just watch TikToks with my friends. Oh dear. Oh oh dear. Disconnect. There's disconnect. there's a huge disconnect, right? Because like you're twenty eight year olds. You're watch. you're balding. And you and you you used to watch Will Ferrell movies when they were funny, right? And she has all of her hair. She doesn't know who Will Ferrell is, you know. Like, <laughs> think about it. Yeah. What Will Ferrell movies were funny? Um, Kicking and Screaming. Okay. Was that just because we were kids? I think so. And you, your parents wouldn't let you watch it, so you watched it at your friend's house, and you're like, "This is hilarious." He said something about butts. How did you know that? Did I tell that story about Kicking and Screaming before? No, I just. That's literally the just, first time I ever saw Kicking and Screaming is I was over at a friend's house for a sleepover and my parents were like, we're not going to watch that. But then I watched it with them and I thought it was so funny. That's literally exactly what happened to me. <laughs> yeah. One time I was over at a friend's house. My mom's going to listen to this. She should be real mad. One time, one time I was at a friend's house and um, I wanted to, uh, I, we wanted to watch a horror movie and I knew that if I told my mom we were going to watch that movie, she wouldn't let me. And so yeah. I told her that we were going to watch, uh, I forget what movie it was. But um, it was a movie that I knew was like, okay. And yeah. so I told her we were going to watch that. And then I came home and I would like went to go use the computer. And I saw that my mom had looked up that movie and it's rating on like common sense media. Uh-huh. And I was like, my mom took time to go look up that movie to make sure that it was okay. Like we didn't end up watching the horror movie. Sure. I was, I didn't want to watch it. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to be cool for the girls that I was hanging out with. Yeah. But like I saw that my mom like had had taken the time to make sure that I was watching good movies and I felt so so bad guilty yes I felt so guilty I never watched a movie at a friend's house without telling my mom again I was like I'm never gonna lie again I'm evil that's my pair that's my pair that's what it is you know one time confessions what oh the pair the the pair the pair from confessions yeah yeah one time when I was in fifth grade I went over to my friend's house for Halloween and we were going to watch the Blues Brothers, which is an R-rated film. Yeah, and of course. Yeah. I called my parents and I left a voicemail. I said, hey, I want to watch the Blues Brothers. Give me a call back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and like they never called back or like i just i didn't maybe didn't check the phone or like i don't know um this is before i had a cell phone and so they would have been fine if i had watched the blues brothers it's like it's the blues brothers you know it's rated i don't know why it's rated r actually i haven't seen it in a long time we ended up watching monty python and the holy grail which is a movie that they did not want me to watch Uh, oh (laughs) and they thought i watched blues brothers and so i went home and like weeks go by months go by we're on family vacation and there's a t-shirt in a gift shop that you like, should not have watched one of the most referenceable movies yeah. in the world if your parents didn't want you to watch it. Exactly. Yeah. The they there was like a t-shirt with like a little rabbit on it, you know? And my dad was like talking about it and he was like, "Yeah, when you're old enough to watch that movie, we'll watch it together." And I felt so bad that I like stopped in the middle of this like touristy area and I was like, "I watched it with my I'm friends." Sorry, dad. <laughs> I that didn't sucks. mean to. You took it away from him. <laughs> Oh, that sucks. That's brutal. That's so That's so pure though. I know, it's so hard to be thirteen. That's so good. <laughs> I hope my kids are like that. Yeah, me too. I'm sorry, Dad. I I, I watched a TikTok with my friends. I'll be like, it's okay, just don't let it happen again. I know. <laughs> you watched what? You watched what? Come here. <laughs> I'll TikTok you. <laughs> Negative reinforcement always works. <laughs> I read it in a parenting book from nineteen sixty. Anyway, and we man, all know, those people that, we all know that the Vietnam 60s War. produced the best children of our age. Yes. Fighting in World War II made you a great parent. <laughs> Just treat your kids like you treated the prisoners of war. They'll be fine. They'll be it's fine. Really easy. It's totally it's easy. easy. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else to podcast about. Me either. I got to go to a, a super fancy writer's group. Where we sit around, we talk about writing. Nice. I'm going to go that's to a super great. fancy writers group that exists. It's just me, and I'm in the bathroom. And that's, the, <laughs> that's the writers group. Cool. Uh, uh, Patreon.com/slash/thecrunch. Facebook.com/slash/group/slash/thecrunchcast. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Don't watch movies unless your parents let you. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you all next week. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.